You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Podcast, episode 132. Last week, real estate investor Billy Keels from Keep On Cashflow told us about what it's like to live in one country while investing in real estate in another. And we're still working on our plans for drinks in Barcelona. This week, we're getting under the hood of your paid online marketing strategy with marketing strategist Dwayne Brown and asking the question, should you pay to promote your brand on social media? This episode is so power-packed with content that you may want to listen to this two or three times. Dwayne is a marketing genius and runs the marketing agency Take Some Risk. And this episode will not only give you insight into the challenges you can overcome in your first years of your startup, but also why you shouldn't compete on price and other valuable lessons Dwayne has learned in the first two years he successfully run his firm. This show is brought to you by Jumpstart HR, an innovative HR consulting company that helps grow and protect small businesses and startups. You can learn more about Jumpstart HR by visiting jumpstart-hr.com. And did I mention that's my company? Before we get started, I want to shout out our reviewer of the week, Colin P919, who says, this podcast is fantastic. I could listen to it for hours. Well, thanks, Colin. With over 130 episodes, there's roughly two and a half days of podcast content on iTunes. Consider this your dream come true. And of course, I want to hear from you as well. So make sure you subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes so I can read your review. While you're listening, screenshot this episode and share it to your IG Insta story or Twitter and tag me, Joey V. Price HR, so we can connect because I love sharing your post on my Insta story too. Hey guys, it's your girl, Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy, Joey Price. Thank you for joining this episode of the Business Life and Coffee Podcast. We're joined this week with Dwayne Brown, and Dwayne helps brands grow through PPC, analytics, and A-B testing. Now, if you're not quite sure what any of that means, you're going to want to tune into this episode. Dwayne Brown is also the founder and head of strategy of Take Some Risk, Inc. He's located in the Vancouver, Canada area. And today, we're going to learn more about his entrepreneurial journey, as well as his expertise in marketing and paid advertising. Hey, Dwayne, thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me, Joey. Now, you've been starting your business and you've been at it since January 2017. What lessons have you learned thus far uh, with growing your business? You know, a lot of it is cash flow, right? You've got to make sure there's money coming in the bank. And more importantly, that clients are paying you on time or hopefully close to on time because you need that cash flow to either hire more people or invest in technology and just really help grow the business. And as much as people talk about like revenue and stuff, it's all about having that cash actually come in by having the bills paid. And it's also just your profit margin, right? If people are paying you, but you're breaking even every month, it's hard to grow the business. So it's, it's all about revenue and profit. So you're closer to that start. I've been in business for almost seven years now, but could you walk through what was your decision to start your business and how scary was it when January came around and you said, I'm ready to do this? Yeah, I think there was a couple of things really. I mean, I spent some time living in like London, UK, and I spent some time living in Australia. And I freelanced a bit before that in both those countries. And I spent the two years before I started the company at a tech company in Vancouver that that's pretty well known. And I just woke up one day and I realized 
I'm not really that happy in my job for lots of different reasons. And I'm like, I'm sure I can find a few other clients who would make up sort of what I was making as my salary job. And if I could do that, then I could sort of make it on my own. And I decided one day I walked into my CMO's office. I said, I'm, I'm quitting. Here's my letter. Here's why. At that point, it's kind of like if you can imagine a spaceship coming crashing down to Earth and someone sets off like the red button to tell everyone that there's an emergency going on. It's like an emergency went through the building because I represent like 20% of the revenue. If I, if I leave, that's like 20% of the revenue of the company not being around, which obviously was a, a challenge in the final two weeks of my job. Uh, but I do what I do best and I help people as much as I could and I gave the information they needed. And I'm like, if you change these things, the company will probably be a little bit better. But I really just wanted to sort of go on my own and help other brands and just be happy and have more flexibility. And so I quit and it definitely was not easy. I think the first few months, getting new clients isn't easy and convince them to hire you despite your background and having great experience is not always easy because there's hundreds of agencies out there. There's hundreds of people who price their services differently. There's always someone going to be cheaper than you. And a lot of clients compete on price. Like, well, I could hire this person who says they're going to do the exact same things for you know, 50% less or 25% less. And I had to learn, I think, a lot over the last year. The other lesson really is I don't compete on price. My prices are what they are. And you may think that two people who have the same price or similar price are going to offer the same service, but they're probably not. And the clients need to learn that if you want to be successful, whether it's in marketing or HR or any sort of area, you need to hire the right person and accept that there's a cost to that. Yeah, I would say there's cost and the bigger question is about value. What value are they delivering for the fee that they're charging? Mm-hmm. Now, Dwayne, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you learned? So there's one thing and being on the other side of this, you'll understand for sure. But like there's one thing being in an industry, uh, being a part of a company where there are other areas that you can lean on for the business to move forward. And then there's that time when you cross that threshold and you do it for yourself and everything falls on you. What have you learned about your industry as an entrepreneur that you may not have realized in being an employee working for someone else? Hmm, that's a good question. I think, I think there's two things. I mean, I always knew there's lots of companies out there, but I don't think I realized the like scale and scope of how many like ad agencies and especially those in this sort of let's say one to five, one to 10 people range. Um, there's definitely like a lot more than I think I anticipated in that clients are still just as price sensitive today as they were, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago when, when I sort of got in the industry and got my first job doing like PR and marketing for a video game company. Um, so I think it's really just realizing that there is lots of competition, but also that means there's lots of opportunity out there as well. And even though, you know, XYZ client may let you go or may fire people, there's always somebody higher and there's always somebody looking for help. And part of it is just really getting out there and connecting with the people who you'd like to work with, with the brands you like to work with. Like I don't smoke, but I would love to get a cannabis client because I think it's like an interesting industry. At least in Canada, we're going to probably legalize it at the federal level at some point in the next 18 months. And so having a client in a sector that's going to grow and contribute billions of dollars to the Canadian economy would be a cool industry to be in. So the big thing was just not realizing how much, I think, opportunity is out there and how much I'm going to have to necessarily compete with a lot of smaller shops who may compete on price. Um, and that's okay, because as long as I can show the value, which I usually try to sell my value in terms of my experience, my knowledge, and I'm really big into like data and analytics and stuff like that, clients who will hire me realize that they can't get those skills from everyone else. All right. You're listening to Dwayne Brown and he is the founder and head of strategy at Take Some Risk, Inc. 
Now, Dwayne, let's pivot and we, we got to know you a little bit. Let's dive into your specialties, analytics, search and paid media, landing page design, A-B testing and funnel analysis. Those are concepts that can be foreign to someone who is just starting out with their marketing strategy. Could you sort of ramp us up, you know, start with the basics and then why these areas can help add your competitive advantage when you're competing with other businesses? Yes, totally. So, I mean, if you think of like analytics is basically just data, whenever someone goes to the website, so usually the website will know what computer you're on and where you're located in the world and stuff like that. So like Google Analytics owned by Google can track all that stuff and all that data is anonymized. So it's not like you could tell where Dwayne is or where Joey is and stuff like that. It just knows that X amount of people came from like this city or this state or this country. Um, so that's sort of where the data analytics come from. Sort of paid media is like if you run ads on Facebook or you run ads on AdWords or Pinterest and places like that. So whenever you're there and you see ads, odds are it's a brand or maybe their agency running ads to promote you know, their product or service. Funnel analysis or just analysis of data in general. I think we've all been there. You go to buy a sweater or a pair of pants off a website and you try to go to the checkout and you keep on getting an error, but you don't know why you get the error. So funnel analysis is trying to figure out like what issues people have as they go through the checkup process and helping clients solve that. So a good example, we have a client in New York and they do a lot of e-commerce stuff and we help them sort of reorganize and rethink of their funnel because their funnel wasn't um, very methodical in how people think about funnels and how people go through it and didn't really make it easier for people to go through the funnel. There are lots of like things they didn't have in terms of security notices and you know badges to tell people that we are a secure website and we are HTTPS secure, i.e. we're going to transmit your data safely and stuff like that. Um, and then A-B testing is just saying, if I'm going to run ads on Facebook, I may have one ad that has a person who's a woman. I may have another ad that's a person that is a male. And the goal is to figure out which two of those ads are going to perform better and which one will help us move the company where we want to go, whether it's sign up for like a webinar or sell a pair of jeans or sell a jumper and stuff like that. And then everything from there is just about scaling it up and having more data to sift through or running more campaigns or just figuring out what other issues there are on their website, whether it's parts of the website might not have like Google Analytics installed correctly. So figuring out where it's broken. Other places might be that Apple, you know, says they're going to block certain tracking pixels on their Safari browser. So figure out how to get around things like that that are very nerdy and very complicated, but I won't I won't get into that. <laughs> Okay, let's drill down into an area that I'm personally particularly fascinated in, and that's paid social, paid social media. It seems like every week there is a new directive of this social media account is shifting their paid strategy, so you've got to do this. And then next week, the other social media is shifting their strategy, so you've got to do that. As it stands today, um, because I know it's always evolving, but what advice would you give to brands that are looking to advertise and run campaigns on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you want to start, however you want to land? Um, just some good advice that people can can walk away with. Yeah, I think you have to understand who your customers are and who your customers aren't. A lot of people say, you know, I've got to be on Facebook. Facebook has 2.1, 2.2 billion people around the world. And so we have to be there. But the question you have to ask yourself is, are our customers on that platform? And do we have enough of our customers to do a campaign of any kind, right? If you were going after, say, senior citizens because you run like a retirement home, you know, there may not be enough senior citizens on that who spend enough time on Facebook every day or week or month for you to run a campaign. So really understanding who your customers are, 
and what platforms are on, I think is really important. Because lots of customers will say, I want to be on Instagram because it's really hot, or I want to be on Snapchat, but it's really hot. But if your customers aren't on that platform, it's pointless for you to spend time and energy trying to get on that platform. And then once you've identified whichever platform it is, is figuring out how to add value to the customer or how to make their lives easier, whether it's you know, simple thing about we have a client who's in like financial areas. So sending out an email and posting some stuff on the Facebook page about how tax season is coming up in Canada, right? In a couple of months, you've got to do your taxes and these are the deadlines and making sure you understand what the deadlines are so you can invest correctly for the end of February when investment season ends in Canada. And then when tax season starts in March. So figuring out how your brand can add value makes those lives easier, I think is really important because lots of brands just want to like, push the latest ad or push the latest piece of content, but sometimes the content doesn't make sense or it doesn't help the clients get what they want, which is their customers to like their brand even more. So figuring out how to add value to your customers' lives, I think is really important. And then also just having a strategy, right? You don't want to go every week where you think of a new idea, you post it, it doesn't do well, and then you wonder why. It's usually because clients don't have a strategy. So figuring out like what you want to achieve. If you're a brand in like financial or you're a brand maybe in healthcare, maybe your goal should be to educate, right? So if you're going to educate people, what information can you do to make people's lives easier and make them smarter, make them feel... I think people feel really anxious these days when it comes to like social media. There's the idea where if you spend too much time on it, you're really unhappy. And so how can your brand, if you're in like education or healthcare and you want to educate people, how can you make people like less anxious on these platforms and make their lives a little bit better? Because if you do that and you realize that like your brands help make their lives easier, they'll probably be endeared to your brand a lot more and want to buy from you. Um, so those are the two big things I think I see clients' mistake is they just think they need to be where everyone else is, even if their customers aren't there. And then they don't really have a strategy in figuring out what is their goal, what do they want to achieve when they're on that platform. All right. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking with Dwayne Brown. He's the founder and head of strategy at Take Some Risk, Inc. And Take Some Risk, Inc. works with startups and brands looking to grow through paid media, analytics, and A-B testing. And he's just been a wealth of knowledge so far. Even in our our pre-conversation, he's been dropping a lot of gems. Now, let's sort of set the table a little bit, Dwayne. And so you're talking a lot about strategy. If I'm a business owner and I'm prioritizing my budget for the next six months, next year, why should I pay attention to the marketing as opposed to other things that are competing for my wallet? You know, it depends. I think it depends on where your business is at. You know, I've talked to clients over the last year and they said they wanted to, you know, be on Google or on Facebook and stuff like that. And I looked at their website and I looked at, you know, their analytics and Google analytics. And I realized as much as I probably could help them make tons of money, I actually told them it doesn't make sense for them right now to spend money on Facebook or to spend money on advertising because they need to fix certain things in their website. So sometimes it doesn't always make sense to spend money on advertising. Like that may be weird for a guy who owns an agency and runs marketing, but I would never advise someone to spend money on marketing if they need to fix things in operations or the product isn't right or the website's broken in some way. So I'd always want to make sure your house is in order before you go and do any advertising. So if your website's great and your operations are great and your product is great, it's just a question of figuring out where your customers are online. And if you're selling a product or a service, I'd probably start out with Google AdWords. It makes no sense because people are searching for the product. So if you can figure out what your ad is and figure out what your keywords are and you tie it with the person searching for that product, your odds of making a sale are going to be a lot higher than being on Facebook. You know, People tell you what you want on Google First, people tell you who they are on Facebook, right? And people telling you who they are is great, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to buy your product right then and there on Facebook. That was a super awesome clarification about Google and Facebook. Could you, could you dive a little bit deeper into that about sort of 
the purpose that ads serve on various social channels? Yeah. So I think there's, if you think of like, if you think of me, I will always tell you sort of what I want and what I'm into when I'm on AdWords, right? Because I'm typing things into a search engine. You know, I want to buy a new video game or I want to buy some shoes or I want to buy pants. And so search intent on Google is really rich because people telling you what they want and what they're interested in. You know, years ago when I was in my 20s, I had shingles and I wasn't sure. And so I searched on Google and I'm like, you know, disease that is like slightly discolored and no pain and like all these listings came up. And so I went through each listing and I found out, oh, I do have shingles, but it's the kind of shingles where you don't feel any pain if there's just like a, a rash on your side of your stomach. Um, and then I went to my doctors and my doctor said, yeah, I have shingles and just take that antibiotics and be fine and don't stress out not having a job at that current point. So if you want to go after people who tell you what they want and have that rich intent, then you want to be on AdWords. If you want to go after people who tell you who they are as a person and like what they're into, uh, you'd want to be more like Instagram or on Facebook. And I think one clarification I should make is even though people tell you who they are on Instagram and Facebook, it isn't necessarily 100% of who they are as a person, right? We're very, I think as a society, we're all about showing like the best bits of our life and the best parts of our life. And so sometimes people don't show the sort of more negative parts of their life, whether they're in debt or they're super stressed or unhappy. So I think you have to sort of keep that in mind that you're going to people who tell you who they are, but they don't tell you 100% of who they are. Um, and then even if you look at like Pinterest, Pinterest is more like aspirational. So it's like who you'd like to be or where you'd like to go, whether it's people can, you know, houses they can't afford or lost that have been renovated or pants they'd like to buy. And so Pinterest, I think, is great if you want to go after people who are in an aspirational sort of way and you want to go after people who want to buy your product because that's where they want to go in life. And so it's very top of funnel, obviously, because if you think of like a funnel, you have like AdWords at the bottom of the funnel because it's easier to get people who tell you what they want to convert them. You sort of have Facebook kind of in the middle of the funnel. They tell you who you are and there's some intent in there, but it's not necessarily the bottom of the funnel. And I think you have kind of Pinterest at the top or Quora or other platforms where people kind of tell you where they'd like to be and, and what they're inspired by, but they don't necessarily and aren't necessarily ready to take the action to sort of move them farther down the funnel. Man, this has been rich. Very, very rich. I appreciate this info, Dwayne. And my next question would be, so I see you've got a few upcoming speaking engagements and one that popped out is uh, you're traveling to Italy. That's exciting. Yes. Yes, I am. Italy is at the end of April. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I was in uh, Milan a few weeks ago or in winter, winter break in between the Christmas and New Year. I love Italy. It's exciting. What are you talking about at World Experience? Yeah, so I'm actually going to talk about just, you know, I love Google and I love Facebook. If it wasn't for Google, I probably wouldn't have a job today and it's kept me employed and around the world. But I'm going to talk about, even though you can do tons of stuff on Facebook and even though you can run tons of ads on Google as well, I'm going to talk about what does it look like to run ads on Pinterest and Core and those smaller ad platforms where there's less competition. That means your costs are going to be a lot lower. And I think there's an opportunity for brands to sort of get that first move advantage. So I'm going to talk about if you've maxed out Google and you've maxed out Facebook, where you want to do something beyond those two platforms, here's how you do it. Here's sort of our agency's process to figure out which platforms make sense for which clients and figuring out like what your ads are going to look like and how you're just going to run campaigns in general. Nice. And then what about uh, your next one at the end of April, the Brighton SEO conference? 
Yeah, so that's going to be a slightly different talk. And that's going to be like, let's say you're doing a lot of stuff on Facebook and you're doing a bit of things on Google. We're going to talk about basically how to run um, a competitor campaign. So the idea that if you're in a very competitive industry and it's you and it does in other companies, it does in other startups, how do you bid on the name of your competitors and have a really nice ad that convinces people to go with your brand versus someone else? Because a lot of people who will search for you know XYZ brand reviews or XYZ brand pricing are still in sort of that research mode and they're not sure what they're going to buy. So if you can bid on those keywords and convince them to click on your ad, how do you get them to convert and stuff like that? So it's going to be a really good talk and I think it's going to sort of I wouldn't say blow people's mind, but it's going to give people a nice perspective they may not have thought about because I've seen a lot of AdWords accounts over the years. I've seen a lot of companies try to build a really nice competitor campaign. They usually fail for a lot of different reasons. Either the ads aren't great or the ads are bashing the competitor. And I believe that if you're going to bid on a competitor's name, which is totally legal and fine in Google's eyes, you should at least talk about what your USP is, what makes your brand and company stand out. And if you have a unique selling proposition, if you put that in your ad and really talk about what's in it for the customer, the click on your ad and convert, and hopefully it'll be at a profitable cost per acquisition. Nice. Well, I know you said that your talk may not blow people out of the water, but from what I'm hearing today, the odds are in your favor, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really want the listener to realize that the type of information that you're sharing today is it's it's very high level in the sense of this isn't what you're going to you're not going to Google this information and find it like Dwayne's dropping some serious knowledge on what it takes to to stand out in the paid space. So this is definitely one. This is an episode that you want to bookmark. You want to play it over and over again. You want to send it to your marketing team. That is me saying that as a, a person who's been a, in entrepreneurship for about 10 years now and working with different agencies and seeing what's out there, reading books. This is top-notch stuff, man. Cool, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. I mean, we also have a YouTube channel where we've just posted a few videos over the last few months. We're going to do some more videos over the year. And we just really want clients to understand that having lots of videos are great, but you really need to have a strategy. It needs to be backed by data. And if you do those two things, we'll have a better chance of success than just sort of freewheeling it every week and hoping that something works. And you can just build on that something that you don't know what it is before the week starts. All right, Dwayne Brown, founder and head of strategy at Take Some Risk, Inc. Dwayne, I'm going to give you the last word on the podcast here. So if there's anything you want our listeners to know, feel free to take this last minute and let people know what you need to say. Yeah, I just want to say, Joey, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I think for the listeners, it's just always make sure whether you're going to hire a marketing person or you're going to hire an agency, just, you know, vet them out, make sure they can understand both Google Analytics and data and strategy, because if people can't use Google Analytics, they're not going to be able to help you have your business succeed because all that data in there is super valuable. And there's lots of information there that you can use to make your business better and make sure that you're going to make the money that you want to make. And so I think if you hire the right people and you have a good strategy, you'll be really successful in 2018 because there's lots of brands we've talked to who have no idea what they're doing or they've hired the wrong people. We have two clients now who've hired an agency before us and fired them and hired us. And they've been with us for six or so months now. So just making sure you have the right people in place to help you succeed. And if it sounds too good to be true when it comes to the price, then it probably is. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. 
From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.